It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And yesterday afternoon on Father's Day from City Field in Queens, New York, the Marlins and the Mets played game three of their four-game weekend series. The ace, Sandy Alcantara, went opposite of the right-hander, Chris Bassett. It was a full fun day at the ballpark. So with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. It's a happy Father's Day in New York for the Marlins. They beat the Mets 6-2 today. Sandy Alcantara takes care of business on the mound, as he always does. And in his major league debut, Gerard Encarnacion hits a go-ahead grand slam, part of a five-run seventh inning, as the Marlins win for the first time in three games in this series and set themselves up now for a shot at a four-game split against the best team in the National League so far here in 2022. Sandy for the Marlins, Chris Bassett for the Mets. Bassett had been off to a really good start. Then he had had a real rough stretch of five starts in a row before throwing eight scoreless innings to beat Milwaukee on Tuesday, his most recent start. And this game would stay scoreless all the way into the sixth inning. Both starters doing their thing, cruising along. Sandy got some help defensively in the third inning from the newcomer in right field, Gerard Encarnacion, in a 0-0 game, Tomas Nito let off the bottom of the third for the Mets. Tomas Nito, first ball hitting. Hits one down the right field line, Encarnacion in pursuit, going to get over his head and up against the wall. Trying for second, Nito. Here comes the throw. The tag by Rojas. Got him at second base. There's the big arm of the debuting right fielder, Gerard Encarnacion. He guns down Nito, trying to stretch a single into a double. We had talked about Encarnacion's athleticism, and in particular, I mentioned the fact that watching him in spring training in recent years, we had seen he has a very strong outfield arm, and well, now the New York Mets know all about Encarnacion's big arm. He threw Nito out, and after that, the Mets would not have another base runner until the sixth inning. Sandy would retire the final two in the third, sit down the side one, two, three in the fourth, and in the fifth, got the first two outs in the sixth, it was still a 0-0 game with Bassett hanging zeros for the Mets, but with two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning, Starling Marte tripled just to the left of center field, so the Mets had the potential first run of the day, 90 feet away, two outs in the sixth inning for their shortstop, Francisco Lindor. Two down, Marte at third. Sandy, the one-ball pitch to Lindor. Line drive right center, in for a hit, and a 1-0 Mets lead. Lindor delivers again. In to score Marte for Lindor. His seventh run batted in in this series. He drove in four runs, including three on a home run Friday night. Hit a two-run home run yesterday. And that RBI single put the Mets out in front, one nothing. But the Marlins came back against Bassett in inning number seven. Bassett started the seventh at 97 pitches. He allowed a single to Miguel Rojas, who went two for four in this game. Retired Lewin Diaz in a fly ball to center. But then Jacob Stallings singled, putting Marlins runners at first and second. Brian De La Cruz walked to load the bases. At that point, he had Encarnacion coming up. Buck Showalter made a move. He pulled Bassett after 109 pitches, and he brought the veteran right-hander Seth Lugo on to face the rookie in his first game, Gerard Encarnacion.
Bases loaded, one out, the 3-2. A shot to right and deep. Marte is back at the wall. Goodbye, grand slam! Gerard Encarnacion in his major league debut has turned this game around. It's 4-1 Marlins. Never a doubt, let's go. How about that? Gerard Encarnacion comes up big. Encarnacion joining Jeremy Hermida as the second player in Marlins history to hit a grand slam home run for his first hit in the big leagues and in his debut. His first hit in the big leagues in his debut, a grand slam, a moment he will never forget. Marlins had a 4-1 lead. They weren't done with Lugo, though. After Luke Williams grounded out, Jazz Chisholm drew a walk and gave John Birdie a chance to extend the lead with two outs in the seventh. The 1-2, Birdie goes the other way. Slashes one down the right field line. That's a fair ball, going to roll into the corner. Watch Jazz run, waved at third, coming toward the plate. The throw home will not be in time. It's an RBI double for John Birdie and a five-run seventh inning uprising for Miami. 5-1 Marlins. And the old Boo Bird's not a big fan. Well, the Marlins sent nine to the plate in that seventh inning. Five runs on four hits, a couple of walks. The big swing, the Encarnacion Grand Slam, which was 5-1 into the bottom of the seventh inning. Sandy was through six on 71 pitches in the seventh. A leadoff double to Jeff McNeil. McNeil would take third base on a ground ball to the right side, and with one out, he was 90 feet away for Luis Guillorme. 3-1 pitch, a ground ball into the hole at shortstop, base hit for Guillorme. That'll score McNeil and make it a 5-2 game. So the Mets will not go down without a fight. Well, they would go down, though, against Sandy in the seventh inning. Nick Plummer struck out, so did Tomas Nito. Sandy was through seven on 94 pitches, working with a 5-2 lead. He got the eighth inning to face the top of the order. Brandon Nimmo, a line drive to left. Starling Marte, a strikeout, Sandy's eighth of the day. And then Lindor, ground ball to second. So a 1-2-3 eighth inning to end up Contra's afternoon. He retired the final five in a row. And Sandy exited after eight with a 5-2 a lead in this game. For Sandy, eight innings, six hits, two runs. Walked one, struck out eight. 106 pitches, 70 strikes. His season ERA actually increases a little bit from 168 to 1.72. Sandy now has gone seven innings plus. In eight straight starts, which is tied for the third longest streak in Marlins history. Kevin Brown, 16 in a row in 1996. Carl Pavano, 13th straight in 2004. Now you've got Sandy at eight straight, along with a couple of others. Levon Hernandez in 1998, and most recently, Dontrell Willis with eight in a row, seven innings plus in 2006. Last big leaguer to do it anywhere was the Mets' Jacob deGrom. Eight straight starts of at least seven innings to close out the 2019 season. And Sandy now, not only eight straight starts going seven innings, but how about eight straight starts, seven innings, allowing two earned runs or fewer. That's the longest streak in Marlins history. Sandy, terrific again here today. Sixth time this year he's gone at least eight innings in a start. Only one other major league pitcher has even... Three starts of eight innings or more this year. Aaron Nola of the Phillies. Sandy does it today for the sixth time. And he is knocking on the door of 100 innings pitch. He'll be the first in the big leagues to get there. He's at 99 and a third heading to his next start, which will come against these Mets on the next homestand at Lone Depot Park. So it was 5-2 Marlins into the ninth inning. 
They added a big insurance run. Tommy Hunter was on the mound with one out. Gerard Encarnacion hit a ground ball to Escobar at third. His throw to first pulled Pete Alonso off the bag, so Encarnacion reached on an E5. He stole second base. Luke Williams grounded a shortstop for the second out. At that point, with Jazz Chisholm, the lefty coming up, Buck Showalter brought lefty Joely Rodriguez into the game, trying to keep the game at 5-2. to two. Rodriguez facing Jazz. Rodriguez fires. Jazz off the end of the bat. Nubs one fair down the third baseline. Kicks off the tarp. That's going to get Encarnacion home. Jazz in at second base with an RBI double on the first pitch. It's an unearned run thanks to the error at third by Escobar and a 6-2 Marlins lead. How about that? That run would prove big for Miami because Tanner Scott came on in the ninth and he walked the first two batters, Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil, on nine pitches. So all of a sudden, if you didn't have that run, the Mets would get the tying man to the plate, had a little bit more breathing room because of that add-on run in the ninth inning. But then Eduardo Escobar struck out for out number one. Pinch hitter Mark Canna batting for Luis Guillorme, a fly ball to right for out number two. And the Mets down to their final chance in inning number nine. Sent another pinch hitter to the plate, J.D. Davis. Scott's 2-1. Davis, ground ball to the shortstop. Miggy has it across the first, and the Marlins win. Happy Father's Day. A Gerard Encarnacion grand slam in the seventh. Turns it around. Sandy wins his seventh of the season. Miami six. And the Mets, too. Welcome back for Miami. Six runs, eight hits, no errors, five left. For the Mets, two runs, six hits and an error. They strand six in the game. Uh, Contra, the winner, seven and two, eight innings, six hits, two runs, walked one, struck out eight, 106 pitches, 70 strikes. Chris Bassett, the loser for the Mets, falls to five and five. He went six and a third, charged with three runs on five hits, a pair of walks, and nine strikeouts. He threw 109 pitches. 75 strikes. Time of the game was three hours, two minutes, and a crowd of 41,255 goes home disappointed today as the Marlins upend the Mets 6-2, their first win in three games in this series with one more coming up at 1-10 tomorrow. Marlins with the victory improved to 29-35, and now 4-5 and on the road trip with one game remaining. They're 10-8 and in the month of June and now 14-21 and on the road. As for the Mets, they fall to 4-2 and on their current homestand, which has one game left. Mets are 44 and 24, 20 games over 500. They remain comfortably atop the National League East. They dropped to 23 and 10 here at City Field. The Marlins stole a couple of bases in this game today. Brian De La Cruz in the second inning and Gerard Encarnacion in the ninth. Marlins now have stolen at least one base in 12 straight games. That's a club record and matches the longest streak in Major League Baseball this year, set by the Chicago Cubs between. May 21st and June 1st. If the Marlins steal a base tomorrow, it would be 13 straight games. They'd be alone with the longest stolen base streak in baseball this year. They are also alone with the longest home run streak in Major League Baseball this year, having homered in 13 straight games back in May between the 6th and the 20th. So they could, by about this time tomorrow, have the longest home run streak and the longest stolen base streak in Major League Baseball this season. Well, that and a nickel will get you a cup of coffee. But uh, nonetheless, they've got some speed. They've got some power. And hopefully they can put it all together as you move on here. Now inside 100 games to go, down to the final 98. Marlins get a big win over the Mets here this afternoon on Father's Day, 6-2. to two. A winning combination, strikeouts and charity. The Marlins 
are committed to fighting cancer in our community and are proud to again partner this year with AutoNation in support of their Drive Pink initiative with every strikeout recorded by Marlins pitcher. $25 be donated to charities supporting a cure. Today, 9Ks, that's $225 for this season, 553 strikeouts, $13,825 from the Marlins to AutoNation's Drive Pink initiative. Wow, that's a really fun day. Terrific win for Miami, now 29 and 35. Mets fall back to uh, 20 over 500 at 44 and 24. Uh, but nevertheless, Miami now an opportunity to split this series tomorrow at 110. All right, before we hear from Donnie and a host of others, let's pause for a quick commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back with you on Marlins Rewind. Plenty to get to yet. Let's first hear from the manager, Don Mattingly, after the Marlins' victory over New York yesterday. Donnie, the rookie, comes up with a big hit. How nice is it to see him do that in his debut and also to give Sandy some run support? Yeah, well, on both ends. Uh, Obviously, Girard, you love seeing guys come up with that excitement. And we've been able to see him in spring for a couple of years now. And we knew, you know, some of the things that he can do, we think he can potentially do. Uh, he kind of showed the whole package today from the standpoint of, you know, defense. He runs pretty good, got the power. Uh, and and then on the other end of that question, great to get Sandy some runs. Uh, a guy that traditionally doesn't seem to get him. Uh, but it was good, to, you know, obviously good to get those today. You mentioned also the great defense that he played as well. Obviously, the big hit. You've seen him a ton. Just what type of major leaguer do you think he has the potential to be? Well, I think you just see it. Um, I've always compared him, and it's probably not even close to being fair, uh, to Vladdy Sr. For a big guy, remember Vladdy Sr. ran good, threw good, played the outfield well, and that's what you kind of see out of Girard is that big body, but it's like surprisingly pretty athletic in his, in his movements. Another great outing from Sandy. Uh, why do you think he did so well against his Mets offense? Well, Sandy's pretty good against everybody, honestly. If he's making pitches and, and getting where he needs to and counts, looks like they tried to, you know, get after him early. And uh, some, you know, we've seen teams do that. Uh, if it's not working, it ends up getting, you get the full dose, right? And his pitch count stays down. He puts the ball on the ground uh, a lot, and he, and he stays out if he's staying out of trouble. Um, but there's been teams that have been successful like that, too. In your years of baseball, have you seen a more, I guess, memorable debut for a player? I don't know. If you got, probably if I looked all the way back, um, been a long time, Christina. I've been doing this a long time. Um, but uh, no, it was it was nice for Gerard. Kind of did a little bit of everything. Uh, with the, you know, we all the power is always the main thing that comes up when talking about a, hit, a player like him. But you think his defense kind of flies under the radar because of that? With again, we've seen the arm, his arm, he made plays in the minors. Do you think that kind of flies under the radar? <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. I think when you see the size of a guy, you don't look at him as a guy that's going to be a defender. Um, but again, he he runs better than you would think. Uh, you know, obviously, he gets a bag today. Um, 
the way you know the throwing is good. You know, we, and he's actually he's a guy that can play first too. Um, and we think he's got a chance to to be really good over there if we if we want to you know run down that road. So uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of upside with Gerard. Before I guess the at bat, obviously to make pitching change. Did anyone talk? You know, it's be a big moment for a guy making his debut. Did anyone talk to him? Give him any? You know, I'm sure that Marcus is talking to him. I mean, I, I wasn't talking to him about anything like that. But I'm sure Marcus is just like you would any other at bat, uh, just you know, letting him know what you know what what their guy you know that would could do with his pitches. Um, um, and we've seen him very good too. So you know, obviously, you know he's a guy that can throw the ball up. He's got good breaking stuff. Uh, uh, you know, guy can be really tough on you. You've seen a lot of young kids and prospects come up in your time managing. What can they do for teams that are maybe still trying to find their footing a little bit? Well, I think any time with young players, you, you you know, if they're the right type and and handle themselves well, uh, you know, you love seeing those guys do well because you know you see the excitement of being in the big leagues, especially for I think the older guys that have been around for a while. Uh, not that it's stale, but it's it's just like it's day to day, right? And in baseball, you try to stay level. You don't want to get too excited or too, you know, up or down. Um, but the young guys, just knowing that feeling that you had when you started, uh, you don't ever forget that feeling. And it, it, I think it's good for clubs to have a, a blend of youth, right, uh, with with veteran players. Obviously, with the I guess injury. You know, situation that kind of lent himself to the opportunity with you know the way you perform today, maybe tomorrow if things uh, kind of stay as is with the roster. Yeah, I mean, our guys came in today and tried to do something, and they really didn't weren't able to do anything. Um, and I know they're still testing those guys. Uh, they were masked up all day, so we'll we'll see what it see where it goes. What about Frank Krause? I know this make you maybe want to get him back in the lineup then tomorrow. Uh, sure. Why not? Tell me, send me a lineup. <laughs> with, with the 13 homers in the minors, was he already on the radar, or do you think he might have come up without the injuries and the positive tests? No, I don't think he would have came up without the, you know, the injuries or the positive test. Uh, I shouldn't say positive test, but, but the protocol stuff. Uh, but I think, you know, he started off the year in Double A, played Double A last year, kind of struggled really, kind of went. I wouldn't say backwards, but struggled with Double A. Uh, this year was tearing it up, moved him to AAA, was holding his own. And, it, you know, it was, you know, obviously timing is everything. So getting that opportunity. But so I, I probably, I would, without injuries or anything like that, you know, you're looking at our guys we have in the outfield, you're probably not just bringing him up for no reason. Well, however many years ago, he was one of those prospects, top guys, but I guess, you know. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that, but it's like, it's for me, it's always been like, seeing him immediately I actually seen him a long time ago like in instructional league and he was already hitting the ball in the right center with authority uh, wasn't quite as big uh, and then just kind of kept his name you know in your mind when you see those young guys and, and see that um, yeah I, I wouldn't think he would have got off the prospect list but I guess one bad year you start making decisions right uh, Cooper, Soler, everything okay with them? Is it just a day? Or? Yeah, just a day. Uh, Soli, you know, and Soli's been in pushing for us, and and Soli's one of those guys. He would never, 
you know, never need to, you know, come to you and say, I need a day. He's always going to play, and we got to be careful with him. He's had a little bit of the back, uh, and he struggled a little bit, and you don't want it to get over the top where he starts changing mechanics, uh, which is a easy thing to do. So, yeah, but every everything's okay from the standpoint of, like, expect him to be ready to go tomorrow. You guys saw 22 pitches, I think, in the sixth inning for three batters. Do you think that had a carryover in the seventh against Bassett? How did you guys build that big inning before the grand slam? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you never know when, it, when you kind of get that. But I think, you know, obviously they get their run there in the, in the bottom, right, in the sixth. And, and then Miggy starts that next inning with a hit. And I think that always starts it. De La Cruz had a good at bat with the walk. Uh, so, you know, obviously we got him in a position where, you know, they his pitch count was up a little bit, you know. So the previous inning has something to do with it, but I'm not sure, you know, exactly. I mean, obviously I don't know their guy, so they know that they know their own player. That was Don Mattingly after Miami's win over the New York Mets. Let's hear from one of the heroes, and we'll start with Gerard Encarnacion, who hit a grand slam for his first big league hit. It was the ninth since the year 2000. Okay, Glenn, thank you. Gerard, what did that one massive swing just mean to you? Greatest swing in my life. It's the biggest smile I've seen in a long time. It's the biggest swing of your life. How long have you dreamt of this moment? Bueno, toda mi vida desde que empecé a jugar béisbol profesional, mi hermano antes de de jugar profesional siempre decía que que yo iba a jugar grande liga. Le hablaba con mi mamá y toda esa cosa y decía que yo iba a jugar grande liga. With, with all my life, since I was a little kid, you know, my, my brother always said that I was going to be a big leaguer, and I always had that support. My mom also said that, too, and, and I'm here. What was your approach when the count went 3-2? What was what you were looking for when the count went 3-2? I was looking for a solid contact pitch that can, you know, make contact and look for my pitch. Hey, Gerard, before I let you go, how confident are you that you can play at the big league level for a long time? How confident are you that you can play at the big league level for a long time? Only God had that answer. You know, I'm here. I will prepare every day. Just continue to do my best, and then we'll see what happens after that. It's a moment you'll never forget, Gerard. Congratulations. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Thank you. Right, Glenn. And Carnacion with a grand slam. That uh, was a monster blow in this game for Miami. And that young man had a smile from coast to coast afterwards. Let's wrap things up and hear from the ace, Sandy Alcantara, who improved a 7-2 and two on the season. Sandy, another great outing for you. Very tough Mets lineup. How were you able to navigate through it? Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you, God, for keeping me healthy, giving me the opportunity to go outside and compete. I mean, yeah, you said it. You know, I think um, they are super aggressive, you know, and I just want to go outside and compete, you know. That's what I was looking for today. Jar Encarnacion, his major league debut, the big grand slam one. How happy are you are for him, and also how happy are you to get a little run support? Great, great day for him. I mean, I feel so happy for him, you know, because I saw him before he signed for the Marlins. You know, I think um, he did a great job today, tried to put the ball in play. You know, and you guys see, he, get a, he, he hit a grand salami, <laughs> like, like we say, you know. But I think um, he did a great job. I think uh, we win the game because he hit a grand slam. 
Once you, hey, once you get the five runs, do you change your approach on the mound? If it's one nothing or it's two to one, but all of a sudden you get five, do things change for you, Sandy? Every pitch, every pitch, uh, every pitcher feels so happy when they score a lot, a lot of runs to you, you know, and you feel a little bit like comfortable, you know, because you got the, the balance to win the game, you know, and when they score those runs for me, I just say, okay, let's go outside and compete and win this game. Sandy, you've accomplished a lot so far in your career on the mound. Is there something you haven't been able to accomplish yet that you're really eyeing? And, uh, like I said before, you know, I just want to be able to go outside every fifth day. You know, it doesn't matter how many in I throw. I mean, my mentality is just go deep in the game. Uh, we talk about on home run, but his throw, I think it was in the second to get Nito at second, at second base. Just what was your reaction when you watched that and how much did that also help you as, again, one base run, one less base runner that to the bench? Great throw. I mean, he got a great arm. I mean, I know I know he's going to be the out when, when he throws to the second base. And I mean, he... He caught the ball and he threw the ball so quick and then he made it out. You mentioned, so do you remember the first time you met him? I don't know if you guys crossed paths before in the Dominican Yeah, I remember. I think um, that was in 2014. I mean, he was in, uh, in a house. I went to that house, you know, to meet a couple guys. And I sleep in that house too. I mean, we have a phone night that night, you know, and I remember that day. What was he like then? Was he still the big guy then? Or did you could you tell that he was going to become going to become size-wise what he is. And yeah, he was big all the time. I think uh, he, the only thing he changed is uh, his weight. <laughs> he is uh, a little like big now, you know, and I mean, I feel so happy for him. Do you feel the energy when young guys get a chance to play? Yeah, for sure. I think everybody's waiting for the opportunity. I think uh, they feel so happy when they call those guys, you know what I mean? They, they get to the field so happy and they play so hard. Where was that when you met him in 2014? When? Where? Uh, in uh, San Isidro. He was in San Isidro there. Yeah. Sandy Alcantara after eight more terrific innings yesterday. One ten this afternoon. Miami trying to split this series with Trevor Rogers on the mound. He will go opposite of the left-hander David Peterson. We'll be on the air at 1240 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.